The world is not merely light, nor is it fully dark. It's a mixture of both, euphoria and depression, laughter and pain, greatness and obscurity. At times, many of us feel like we're going through life in a storm, the thunder bashing down on us ferociously and the rain perennially falling. We feel hopeless, dejected, broken, misplaced, alone, just trying to survive and make it through. Those moments of joy we reminisce on, and those memories of the past we clench onto with our every being. Life is a difficult road full of success and misfortune, acceptance and displeasure, a road of unknowing burdens, love, peace, beauty, and languishing. The life that we live can be hard to navigate through. With constant uphill battles, people preying on your downfall, jealousy, uncertainty, instability, and danger. It's a road that all of us travel on, going through many different journeys, making memories along the way. Joy, peace, and love, along with despondency, anguish, animosity, and bitterness, are the emotions that follow us. Negative thoughts may obscure one's view of positive beginnings and hopeful change. Backs turned, people leave, many fly home to the sky. Some protect you, others disappoint you, while many who you thought you knew watch as every part of you is eviscerated. It's inconsistent, different, always changing. It is what you make it, light or darkness. Two paths lay. Which one do you walk in? Growing up, I didn't have a lot of friends for many reasons. One, I was misbehaved in school, acting out, desperately yearning for consecrated attention, and always causing trouble in most cases. I was confused, misunderstood, lost, fearful, and worried. Ultimately, I didn't pass kindergarten for those behavioral issues, but I did eventually get better along the way. When I was in third grade, we moved schools, actually moved schools occasionally because of my behavioral issues, but when I was in third grade, we moved schools, and the peace and stability and normality I knew it shattered. Everything was changed. My atmosphere, my home, my friends changed. When I was in fifth grade, we did once again move again to a whole different state. But I was more than grateful. But I was also perturbed and curious as well. I mean, my feelings of being feeling like an outsider were definitely growing. The other kids had fathers. I didn't. A single, hardworking, dedicated, and passionate woman raised me along with my loving and devoted grandparents, Mimi and Grandpa. I will eternally be grateful for them and their support and their consistent advice and unconditional love. Writing was my therapy. Playing outside was cool, but reading and laughing was my escape. It was cathartic for me. I was definitely different than the other children. Um, a certain vision kept me alive and going. A vision to persist, achieve, and to keep going and to never give in, no matter what. In the third grade, I was bullied and felt like an outcast because there was no one or anything I could merely relate to. I found myself scattered on the edge, clinging on, trying to see the world and survive in it. No friends, just people I gravitated to and felt comfortable with. Made fun of, talked about, called names, tears ensued at times, a devastating reality paralleled with no hope nor ending. It was a theme I've come to know in my life. 
perpetual taunting mirrored with gracious compliments and people who actually care about and love you. Why does he dress like that? Church boy. Pastor. Look at this dude. Too formal. Always dressed up. Mr. President. Going places. Dapper man. Best dressed. dressed. Is Is he a teacher? teacher? Stylish. White boy. White boy. White boy. Everything reverberates in your ear. Everything is heard. The words stay there, whether they were positive or negative, uplifting or degrading. It's going to be a hard episode to record. Okay. In an attempt to fit in with those kids, I joined in on the side conversations that erroneously ruptured the lives of many. Oddly, it felt good to be accepted, but in retrospect, not in that way. I broke away still astray and scared, down but not demoralized, disassociated but kind. Writing presidential speeches and recording some of them into my tablet helped me feel included, alive, present. Like I wasn't an outsider or languishing, but unconfined and accepted. It feels like you're languishing, like you're on the edge clinging onto the guardrails of life. The sadness eats away, devouring you. Self-neglect becomes normal. Depression is your reality, or at least some mirrored version of euphoria and despair. You're there. People are talking, laughing, but you're not listening. The pain shuts out the joy. Most of the time, that pain keeps us going, breathing, succeeding, while in other cases, it holds you back, waiting, staying, suffocating, languishing. Many people say, give it to God, give all your pain and sorrow to him. But what if that pain, that sorrow, that story, that excruciating past is all you ever knew, anything you've only known, accepted, rationalized? What if it's the only thing keeping you alive, here, present? You smile, laugh, and adapt for show, but cry, yell, and suffer when you get home from the emotional anguish. When people ask if you're okay, you hide it, camouflage your tears, and say yes with a grinning and reassuring smile so they don't ask again. It's an unending, life-altering, melancholy cascade of what feels like eternal sadness and emotional depravity. People see you, but you don't see them. Life feels like a movie you're just in, and the credits will roll soon. But it's our reality, not an imperfect cinematic masterpiece. It's hard to survive, but you try and try and try, praying and crying, laughing and zoning out. You continue that facade, clenching onto that pain, to that story, to your faith, just trying to stay afloat and avoid the demise of it all. You face a mirrored reality. Two different people live inside of you. The question that lies, who will you be today? I wrote that poem just earlier um, last week. Mariah Carey in 2018 released a song um, from her, of course, 15th studio album called Caution. This is a song that she wrote along with many of the other songs. She's a very esteemed songwriter, darling. Um, But in the song, she writes here, quote, Yes, I know that tomorrow comes, so I'll be here when you rise. Stay here close and the moment will subside. Look the other way as I bottle myself up inside. I won't let the teardrops spill tonight. Just conceal myself and hide a portrait of my life. 
I remember when I first listened to that song, and I remember just being like so, you know, I wasn't really enamored at the time because when I first initially heard that song, I was at this state of my life where I had just lost my baby brother. And I listened to that song almost as sort of like an introspection of what was happening around me. But once I listened to it later on, you know, it hit deeper. The feelings for me of being an outsider or just feeling like you're in this intense pool or reservoir of emotional anguish, it's something that's very deep and close to home. So that's why I identify with Mariah Carey a lot, something we're going to be exploring in later episodes her stories, her reality, her experiences are lots of the reasons while I'm still in this Mariah Carey phase 15 months later. I mean, being in this phase, identifying with her as not only just a musician, but also as a person is the reason why I love her so much, why I love many of her songs so much, especially the deep cuts. It's the reason why I'm quote unquote obsessed, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you know, we all have our people. And those lyrics resonate with me so well, like some of her other very, very close, you know, despondent songs, as some people would say. But when I look at those lyrics, they are very introspective. They're open to interpretation, whatever you want to say what happened in your life, you know. Yes, I know that tomorrow comes, so I'll be here when you rise. Stay here close and the moment will subside. Look the other way as I bottle myself up inside. I won't let the teardrops spill tonight. Just conceal myself and hide a portrait of my life. For those listening, I want to warn you that this is going to be an emotional part. This is a journal entry from January 5th, 2023 from me. Quote, let the little caterpillar keep fighting and growing, for they know they'll be free to fly soon, reaching unlimited heights, and they will know their purpose. Today, while watching the newly released season of two of Jenny and Georgia, I found myself triggered from many of the scenes. One scene in particular was when Ginny told her father that she was harming herself. It reminded me of the time when I confessed my own suicide attempt and thoughts. It was a weekday, and I told Mimi in March of 2021. Just hours before that night, no one was home, and so I walked in the kitchen. I grabbed a knife. I sat down on the floor, and the floor of the dining room, and I pressed it against my thigh. I then moved it away and placed it against my stomach. A part of me wanted to sit there bleeding out and having my grandpa find me when he got home. That's how numb, helpless, and emotionally broken I was. For so long, I was isolated with my thoughts. I was burdened by my pain and slowly but effectively whittling away. When I told Mimi, she comforted me, held me as I cried, and prayed for and with me. That moment was truly transcending for me because I never felt that type of strong sense of emotional security. It was unbelievably helpful. It was almost felt like that my pain in the moment, it subsided. Today, reminiscing on that moment, I told my girlfriend the story. She listened and responded in empathy. I then listened to Hero by Mariah Carey 
and I felt something lifted off my soul. I was much brighter, I was happier, and for the first time ever, I believed that I actually loved myself. I'm still healing from the scars of my life, but I know with the Lord, I can make it. With Him, anything is possible. I remember writing that on January 5th, 2003, and reminiscing back on that moment as to why exactly I felt almost suicidal in the moment because I did eventually go to therapy and everything for that. And it was the moment, of course, this was still during the coronavirus pandemic, sort of like the apex of the moment a year after it had first started. And I remember being just so emotionally broken and isolated because my brothers were here in Texas and I was in South Carolina. And I just, I felt almost in a sense alone. You know how you feel like, you know, you got family, you got friends and stuff, but you, in a sense, you still kind of feel alone. That's how I sort of felt. And I would distract myself by working on podcasts every single day. And, you know, just trying to survive and to keep going, not really putting much focus into school, which, of course, caused a downturn in my grades, a plummet in my grades. Um, But it was definitely something that I was going through, you know, that isolation being sequestered because of the coronavirus pandemic and just trying to survive and make it through. It was definitely a moment of uncertainty, emotional instability and deep, deep loss of hope and despondency. I was really, really trying to survive and hold on. Three days after January 5th of this year, I wrote another journal entry. A bit lighter, but also dark. Quote, This week was pretty good for me, emotionally and mentally, minus some episodes. But behind the smile, behind the laughs and the fancy ensembles, and also behind the glasses, quite frankly. There's what people don't see. An emotionally fractured little boy, scared and fighting to survive, to be recognized, loved, nurtured, simply understood. I also talk about here the feeling of being like an outsider. I say here, quote, the feeling is just so intense, it's so unbearable, so incredibly ferocious, scathing, haunting, lonely. I feel like no one truly knows what I'm feeling or going through. I have always felt like an outsider, and that's some deep stuff to process, let alone to realize when you're 16. I'm now 17, although eternally 10, But many of these experiences in my life have deep roots in terms of what make me feel like an outsider to this day. End quote. That's from my journal entry on January 8th, 2023 of this year. There are little moments where I do feel like I belong, where I feel like I am, you know, happy and I actually feel accepted. Those are moments of 
of greatness that I do celebrate. But of course, those moments of feeling like an outsider are much, much more deeper and intense than the moments of acceptance. The moments of acceptance are emotional, but feeling like an outsider is something that will always be. He was funny, curious, smart, enduring, persistent, happy, but also wondering, suffocating, vanishing, desperate, and diverging. He stared at the popcorn ceiling before bed, thinking of whatever in the moment was on his mind. As his bed set, covered with stars and space objects, kept him warm. He still looks at the moon on some nights, thinking of happiness and his future. He still smiles when he reminisces on the sweet memories of family laughing, people singing in the distance, and music playing. He rhapsodizes about his newly found love with deep appreciation and gratitude to God. He may be bent but not broken, insecure but still confident, despondent but filled with insurmountable happiness and joy. His visions and dreams have changed, but he remains the same, except older. He is a little boy who lives inside of me. His name is Little Jay, and I am Jeremiah. My goal is to make him proud, keep going, and never give in, because he deserves it. He deserves to be happy, not sad successful, not languishing. Little Jay is a person that I'm definitely sharing with the world for the first time. It's a person that's, you know, of course, my younger self, my inner child, someone that I've always felt the need to protect, someone that always keeps me grounded and someone that I always admire and strive to improve every single day. He's there beneath my eyes, sometimes seen in essentially little tiny glimmer moments of hope and positivity and laughter. He is always there. He always has been and he always will be. I've always felt the need to protect him because he has been there since the beginning, but he definitely is very fragile. He's kind. He's benevolent, but he's also lost, misunderstood, and curious. He's stranded abdicated, looking for answers to the missing pieces of his life, constructively searching for those answers, wherever they may lie. He is hopeful, but also sad. He is joyful, but also in some way, somehow, broken. The instrumental that you're listening to right now is a cover of Close My Eyes by Mariah Carey on the Paskey Piano YouTube channel. It's a song that was released along with her Butterfly album in 1997. It's an album that's very personal to her in terms of the lyrics and also the songs. We end off essentially where we begin with that statement. The world, indeed, is merely not just light, nor is it fully dark. It is a mixture of both. 
there are two different realities that we are living in. To explore the title of this episode, languishing, it's a term that means failing to make progress or to be successful. Many of us feel like we are languishing in this life, that we are not succeeding, we are not persisting, we're not working hard enough. It feels like the days are just going by and we're just waking up. As decisions are made, things continue to happen. We feel like we are slowly drifting and whittling away. Succumbing to our deepest fears and insecurities inside. This life is not easy, nor is it kind at times. There are people that will make fun of you. There are people that will judge you, mislead you, deceive you. There are people that you believe are your friends, but they will turn their backs on you and watch as all of you is eviscerated, demoralized, degraded, and say nothing as you're suffering and suffocating alone. It's a road of uncertainty, instability, peace sometimes, but emotional depravity, tears, you're crying, you're hurting, you're just trying to survive. You're on the edge, you're outside, you're looking in, trying to make it trying to persist. In this life, there are two different realities. There's light, there's darkness. There's hope, there's negativity. There's positivity and inspiration, and there's despair and despondency. Success and languishing.